Oh, g'day. The winners, the people, the places, and everything that makes country racing great. This is Bushbeat on Radio Tap. Down Corrigan's dip at the 400. Magic Rambler is just the leader as they come onto the home turn, or Midnight Rambler. Leads the way by about, oh, I suppose, about a head to Rocket Ryan. Then came Colbank Cavalry out wide. Magic Moway running about fourth. Over on the inside then came Rose Zera, who's looking to get between those two leading horses ahead to turn for home. And I think you're winning chances in that bunch. Coming down past the 150, Midnight Rambler is the leader from Rose area. Rocket Ryan continues to battle away well, but Midnight Rambler is clear. Midnight Rambler takes it out from Rocket Ryan third. Magic Moway, I'd say, a nose in front there of uh, Rose Zera. Midnight Rambler winning at S-Class Saturday for Cecily Eaton and Kim Mothershaw as we welcome you to Bushbeat for another week here on Radio Tab. And good morning from Tony Clements, a sub off the bench. I was supposed to be handing the reins over to Rob Luck this week while I was on leave. Rob's unfortunately had to duck out, so I'm back in off the bench and coming to you this morning from Hot Roma, where it's about 36 degrees coming through today. But as someone just said to me, you wouldn't be expecting it to be snowing at this time of year, would you? Coming up on the show this morning, news out of that S-Program on the weekend. We'll also look back at what happened at Gladstone and At plus the Warwick meeting on Sunday and a look ahead at what's coming up over the festive season. Paul Dolan is joining us first up this morning. His, his dulcet tones you heard just there with that uh, call with Midnight Rambler winning at Esk and an interesting story to tell about the Esk program on the weekend. Good morning, Paul. G'day, Tony. Good morning all. Merry Christmas. Yes, likewise. Compliments of the season to you and yours. Well, you were just telling me before we came on this morning, and we'll talk more about Midnight Rambler in a moment, but something that seems quite unique to the, uh, the Esk Jockey Club uh, is probably something that uh, would go unnoticed by a lot of people if they were watching the vision through the uh, the Racing Queensland replays and on the Bit Facebook site on the weekend, and that's all about the saddlecloths. Yeah, about 12 or 18 months ago, Tony, the, the club needed a new set of uh, saddlecloths, and somebody there came up with the idea of putting a na- the name of an esque uh, supporter, stalwart, if you like, long-time, long-time person involved, on each saddlecloth. So they... they Maximum field size there is 12. So uh, the 12 saddlecloths have got the names of 12-esque stalwarts on them. So almost every meeting, those people get recognised. And as the horses come back to scale, I point out the, uh, the saddlecloth, etc. But there were six different numbers which won there on Saturday. Uh, two of them were saddlecloth number one, which uh, honours Tony Fitzgerald, the long-serving, uh, just about everything there, but certainly long-serving president. Before Tony was uh, Dan O'Brien was the president back when the midweek TAB days and uh, Dan's on number three saddlecloth and it won two races. Lynn Moore, who was the secretary there for 25 years, is um, number five and she had a winner. Pat Moffat, look one of the groundsmen there, looks after uh, everything there with Graham Lynch. Uh, Tommy Ulrat from uh, Days Gone By and also Tommy Rashford. So those people were there. But when we next race there, Tony, there'll be another batch of, uh, of names, some of those and, and some of the others. What a great idea, and I think that's a, a fabulous way to be able to, as you say, on a long-time supporters and stalwarts, and especially when some of them do go back quite a few years, and we may well have lost some. It's, it's wonderful to have these memorial races that you see at so many country race meetings, but I think that's a fabulous idea, and I, I wouldn't be surprised if more clubs pick up on that. I started going calling it Esk in 1976, so whatever number of years that is ago now. And I think it would be fair to say, of the people I've been involved with there over that time, Tony Fitzgerald and Dan O'Brien were the most influential and uh, they had two winners there, so that was appropriate. 
Yeah, I think that's a great idea and, and kudos to uh, all involved there at the S Jockey Club. Midnight Rambler, as I mentioned at the start, ridden by Cecily Eaton, who you talk about the highs and lows of racing. Uh, Cess had uh, a double there at the S program on Saturday, as did Bo Gorman, but then uh, Cess had a fall at the Warwick non-tab program on Sunday and actually ended up in hospital. And from what I see on uh, Facebook posts, uh, as they say in James Bond circles, shaken but not stirred. Um, she seemed a bit <laughs> stirred up by it all. But, yeah, she's she's okay as much as she saw uh, and is back out of hospital, which is great news there. But I was also interested when I picked up the name there, Kim Mothershaw is the trainer of Midnight Rambler. Now, Kim trains out of Deegan, but Brisbane listeners especially would uh, recognise the name Kim Mothershaw from his many names in Brisbane Radio and especially on Breakfast with uh, Laurel on 4KQ. Yeah, and also on what was previously the racing station, uh, 4BC, we'll give them a mention. Kim uh, fills in there from time to time as well. I think he does some radio work up the Sunshine Coast where he lives, uh, but he's now training at Deegan. I didn't actually see, he was there on Saturday. I didn't get a chance to get down and talk to him, but I saw him at a function recently and he was um, just loving uh, pottering around with a couple of horses and uh, he got this one Midnight Rambler to win on Saturday. Back in, the Sunshine Coast started racing in 1985. There were Saturday meetings in those days, partial TAB coverage, and Kim was actually one of the early callers. Damien Courtney was the first permanent caller there, but Kim did some of the race calling there as well, so he's a versatile man. Very much so. I, I remember catching up with Kim at a few functions, uh, and it's a while since I've seen him as well. Um, and he, yeah, always loved his racing, and I knew that, yeah, back in the days when um, 4KQ, were you guys based at Brecky Creek in those days? They were, yes. Yeah. yeah, back that when it was uh, under the ownership, I think, of the Labor Party in those sort of days. Correct. I remember, yeah, Kim was uh, very heavily into the racing coverage. So it's great to see him uh, bobbing up still with a couple of horses and certainly bobbing up with a winner at Esk. That one, uh, as I said, I didn't get a chance to talk to him, but uh, formerly raced in New South Wales. So I'd say it's probably a cheapie. And I see Mrs. M.M. Mothershaw in the ownership. So uh, <laughs> big syndic- a big syndicate. Actually, there's about 10 or 12 people in the syndicate. So... Um, They've, uh, they've recouped no, what was no doubt a reasonably small outlay to buy the horse. Uh, take us through the uh, the other winners there at the meeting on Saturday, Paul. Well, the track was a good four, and uh, they recently, uh, Tony, received some funding for irrigation there. ESC is a uh, non-tab club. They only have three meetings a year, but I tell you what, it's turned out to TAB standards. It's a beautiful Kaikuya surface, and now with this uh, irrigation system there that Graham Lynch and Pat Moffat can use, it's... Uh, going to present, you know, even if we get a really dry spell, it's going to present really well. They've also received some uh, funding for uh, approval for a new running rail, one of those plastic running rails, the uh, the aluminium rail, which is there, I guess, been there since about the 1970s. So uh, there's always something happening at most of our tracks, and uh, ESC is a case in point. It's actually a story, Tony, to race one, which was a benchmark race over 800 metres, a benchmark 55. Um, Bo Gorman, who trains at Ipswich, um, had um, the top weight Swan Island was to be ridden by Olivia Webb, but Olivia uh, couldn't uh, fulfil her three rides for the day due to personal reasons. And Joanna McGrath, a four kilo claimer, picked up the mount on Swan Island. But something you don't see too often, whether it's Esk or anywhere, um, the top weight wearing club colours. Normally, club colours are worn by horse down in the down in the weights. It's a sort of second string for the stable or whatever. But Swan Island carried the club colours uh, and number one saddle cloth, which is quite unusual. Now, Johanna McGrath, that was her fifth race win, so she's outridden her four-kilo claim, was her first um, win on grass, would you believe? She'd uh, had three winners at Roma and one at Tallwood, which are sand or dirt tracks, uh, so that was her first win on grass. So I suppose we can say it was a uh, momentous occasion for her. Uh, Johanna uh, rides at 54 kilos, so she doesn't really have a weight issue, and she's a to Barry Baldwin 
in Sydney. So Swan Island, Joanna McGrath for Bo Gorman, Bo Gorman took out race number one. Second event was a maiden over 800, went to Spanky Bandit, made full use of the inside draw. That was Hannah Richardson for uh, Tom Dougal. Cecily Eaton, the first leg of her double, came up in race three, which was the first division of the maiden with just Rafferty and did a great job there. Barrier nine in the field of nine. It's never easy to uh, win from that alley anywhere. And just Rafferty, a six-year-old by Hidden Dragon, who normally horses go well on the wet, but it was a firm track there. Um, Ron Hilbron at Deegan is the trainer. Roman Rain. Nathan Thomas picked up this one for Olivia Webb, so it was uh, not, not, not good news for Olivia again. Roman Rain was successful in the other division of the Maiden. Ian Livingston at Deegan is the trainer. Then we got to Midnight Ramblers Race, which we've covered. Cecily Eaton completing a double. Race six went to Penasquito, the top weight. Zach Spree took a claim and was able to get Penasquito home for Chris Anderson out of his um, Eagle Farm base. Race seven, now here is a story. Enterprise Electra was the winner. This was the Class B over 1,460 metres. Again, Olivia Webb was supposed to ride, couldn't do so, and Kenji Yoshida picked up what turned out to be the winning amount. A winning amount came from barrier number nine and got the prize. John Healy, the owner, had a group of supporters there and they had caps um, bedecked to match the racing silks. The orange and silver caps matched the orange and silver jacket that the jockey rode so uh, that was a real genuine cheer squad there and Enterprise Electra was accompanied to the uh, to the S Grace meeting by uh, Olivia Kendall who is an apprentice but uh, uh, fortunately it's sidelined at the moment with a knee injury she's been out for, uh, for about three months but Olivia was there and not only was she there to sort of help with the, the saddling up etc but it was her birthday so uh, <laughs> even though she didn't even though she couldn't ride it she, she, had, she had an important part to pay now this horse um, John uh, Healy pointed out to me that you don't have to pay a fortune to have fun at the races. Um, he purchased Enterprise Electra for a mere $5,000, has already won 26615 This is only her second preparation. And Bo Gorman described her as an honest, handy mare and hopes to take her through the grades in the country. He's not aiming too high, so it would appear as though um, Enterprise Electra and John O'Hearn and Bo Gorman and the team are going to pop up at some of our country meetings in the southeast corner of the state and... Uh, and try and win some more races, but it was... Oh, I swear I saw John... He denies it, but I thought I saw John uh, John Healy doing cartwheels in the enclosure after the race, <laughs> but he denies it. But earlier on in the day, Tony, Van, just that cheapness aspect, John also had a horse called Van Doro, which ran second in race two. It was a $66,000 horse at the Magic Millions a few years ago. Raced in Victoria without success, raced in Tasmania without success. John bought it online for $4,250, Van Doro, and it ran a close second there at ESCO on Saturday. So that's another one which will, uh, I'm sure, give him the thrill of a win sooner than later. Don't you see that happen quite often? They'll pick up cheapies like that, and they've only got to win one race once they get it to its new home. And, uh, yeah, it's suddenly uh, bringing back the, uh, the financial return. But it's amazing, Paul, how often it happens. Uh, the, just the thrill of winning a race meeting, uh, winning a race at a race meeting like that. Uh, sometimes that's almost like a money can't buy experience. Yeah, it's 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 not a huge outlay for a lot of fun. Uh, it doesn't always work out that way, but it's great when it's great when it does. And there were eight races there, Tony, on Saturday. Normally you'd have five at a non-tab meeting, but um, with the washouts in southeast Queensland uh, in recent times, two extra races were added, and then the maiden was split into two divisions. So. We ended up with eight races. It was a long day, but very enjoyable. And the final event over 17.50, this was the Burnett to the Beach Race. Um, Modern Family was the winner. Kimmer Ford trains this one up at Wandai. Came from about midfield, circled the leaders, Morgan Butler, the rider, and 
a jump from barrier 11 in the field of 11. So, again, it's uh, it's not easy to win from those wide draws around a, a tighty's track like Esk, but um, that one was able to get up from a, a wide draw modern family. The I haven't actually got the Burnett to the Beach point series in front of me updated, but it's not a uh, it's a series that goes for about six months and the highest point scorers receive cash. It's not a, you know, heats and final like some of the other series around. It's purely a, uh, a case of added prize money to each race and then uh, I think it finishes about April next year. So uh, plenty of time to tell up those points between now and then. I'm just doing a quick run through now because I've got a, a link here on my laptop to the uh, the graphics with the points. And yes, uh, thankfully, RQ have been able to go through and update the series. As you say, we're five legs in. We started at Eidsvold in October, uh, had legs at uh, Gainder, Cumbia, Mount Perry, and now Esk. And then we go on to uh, March next year. We get a break before we come back to the Burnet to the Beach series. So Gimpy and Monto in March, Wandai in uh, in April on, a, on Anzac Day. And then the last two legs are Burren Down and Bundaberg in May. So bear with me while I work on the fly here. Five legs down, and with that win on the weekend, Kelly Gates, you know, in fact, I don't think she did win on the weekend. She uh, placed there, but that brings her up to 22 points ahead of Shannon Stephens, 20. Shannon rode at uh, Gladstone on the weekend. But Lily Barr uh, comes into calculations now on 18 points. Still plenty of points to be had, but uh, certainly has turned things around there. Modern Family has already won at Gainder, and I think this is the trick, Paul. It's the consistency side of things um, with a, a second at Mount Perry and two wins on the board up to 28 points and uh, heads the uh, the horses tally at the moment from uh, on 22 points would be uh, Kakatia. And I'm just scanning back 18 points, I think, is the next best there for Gaius Julius. And trainer's title at the moment, well, going into this, Kim Afford was way, way out in front, uh, almost a win clear. And I think uh, has managed to continue on that winning run now up to 42 points. Next best at 26 is going to be Dave Reynolds. And then two sitting on 22 points are Bob Murray and, uh, and Kristen Rune. So Kim Afford with a fair bit of consistency so far with points banked at Eidsvold, gained to Mount Perry and Esk as a runaway leader in the trainer's title. Yeah, and stating the obvious, the trainers target those races. They've they've got to start their horses in between fitness-wise, etc. But they particularly target those races. So, uh, yeah, through until May next year. Tony, yeah. um, the next ESC meeting will be in March next year, Saturday the 19th of March, and on tab. But one of the caps I wear is as a committeeman at Kilcoy, so I couldn't let the chance go by without pointing out the punters who want to go to Kilcoy over the holiday period when the races are on. On Sunday the 2nd of January, which is, what, only about a fortnight away, mm-hmm. um, there'll be an all-trot meeting on the grass there at Kilcoy. Full tab card, Sunday the 2nd of January, full harness card. Uh, no gallops that day, but there will be a gallops TAB meeting on Thursday the 13th of January, and then on Wednesday the 26th Australia Day, it's a non-tab meeting featuring, among other things, the the Kilcoy Gift, which is a human athlete foot race, the, the stall gift of Queensland, if you like. So thoroughbred racing and the uh, the uh, human racing on Wednesday the 26th, a non-tab meeting there at Kilcoy. Fantastic times ahead for those that are racing around that part of the world. I'm not sure exactly what region you call that besides the, you're sort of below the Burnets and into above the Lockyer Valley around that Kilcoy-esque area. Have they got a it's, Somerset? Yeah, Somerset. It's called Somerset. Somerset right, region. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, just came Somerset to me there. So. Some excellent racing coming up through uh, the, uh, the Christmas period over into uh, January as far as the Somerset goes. Paul, thanks so much for joining us for that news on S this morning. We'll catch up again soon. Thanks, Tony. Appreciate the time. The winners, the people, the places, and everything that makes country racing great. This is Bushbeat. 
They swing into the stretch and Bootshaker is taken on now on the outside by American Genius. Bootshaker's fighting. American Genius is trying. It's American Genius and Bootshaker. They're having a prolific two-horse war on the outside. American Genius, he might just be in front. Yes, he's home, American Genius. He gets there by about three parts of a length. Second placing went to Bootshaker and third was Best Guess. How often do you see it when you've got a small field? Well, usually it's the outsider that gets up in the race, as it was the case here. There was a pretty compact betting field, and it wasn't the favourite that saluted. But you end up with, as Tony McMahon said there in the call, a two-horse war. Not quite Vision's Val Waverley star and bone crusher, but still a good win there to American Genius, and a lovely story behind that win as well as we focus on the Gladstone program from last Saturday at Ferguson Park, and those dulcet tones are back with us. Tony McMahon, good morning. Uh, good morning to you, Tony, and good morning to all your listeners. Yes, American Genius, uh, quite a story behind the, the, the horse as far as the jockey goes, and the owners. He's owned by a heck of a big uh, string of uh, owners, including Chas Clifford and uh, Richard Nugget Turnbull, Mel Johnson, wife of the trainer, and I think it was Mel's birthday on Sunday. So I know they had a big party for out there at uh, Murren Bar on uh, Saturday night. Nugget Turnbull was doing the cooking. The colours of this horse are interesting, uh, Tony. Uh, Nugget, of course, is a breeder of uh, Dashians with his wife, Crystal, and this horse carries the yellow with the blue dashhound insignia on the front and back. And uh, it, it looks quite the part, actually. And uh, they were successful in the previous race, too. The, the doggy colours had uh, two wins because the uh, previous race, uh, Royal Sheen, I think it was, or an earlier race. I'm just stumbling through here. It might have been a later race. Yes, it was a later race, Royal Sheen, uh, with those same colours. Uh, he got the money too, so uh, a good day for the doggy people. Now, Jeffrey Felix is a story. I mean, he's just a, a very warm, jovial, happy-go-lucky character. He arrived there at Gladstone, and I said, have you ridden here before? He said, no, my first time. Now, he came from Townsville. Uh, he said it was a nine-hour straight-through drive. He stayed the night before at Mackay, but he was leaving straight after the last race at Gladstone to uh, go back to Townsville, a one-way drive, nine hours. I mean, that, that's dedication for you. He answered yeah. an SOS from uh, Bevan Johnson to come down, and he was re- rewarded by two winners, so it was really lovely to see. But I, I can't speak highly enough of Jeffrey Felix, because we know that... Uh, he rode the program at Prairie, I think it was in August, and uh, I remember kicking off his career down south at one stage when he came from Townsville with the Bevan Landing. He was a stable jockey and, and rode plenty of winners. So I was wrapped to, uh, to see him get two uh, wins after making such a splendid effort to come all the way down. It's amazing when we talk about the distances and the miles that some of these jockeys travel, Tony, to get out to some of the country meetings, but that is a fair bit of dedication. And you can imagine that phone call when Billy rings up Jeff and says, mate, need you to come and ride some horses for me. Oh, whereabouts? Gladstone. <laughs> <laughs> he, would, he would have been thinking it might have been, you know, somewhere a little bit closer to home at Townsville, but that is dedication to do a nine-hour straight trip to get home. Oh, it certainly is. And uh, if you go through uh, his statistics, uh, you look up some of the websites, places he's ridden at. You know, it's hard to believe he's never ridden at Gladstone because he's ridden at mm. some remote places, Jeffrey Felix. But yeah, no, uh, it was a lovely story, and you'd love to see those people get rewarded. Uh, Besides so, Jeffrey, uh, Gemma Steele rode a double? Yeah, she's riding in great form too. Uh, made a comeback, as you would be well aware, in recent months, and uh, is in demand. She started the program off in the maiden plate down there at Gladstone on a horse called Boo. It's an unusual name, isn't it? B double O. Uh, trained by Mark Lewis at Gympie, written by uh, Gemma Steele, and uh, he'd won uh, quite decisively in the end by three lengths. It was one of the easiest wins of the day. It's by Unencumbered, who keeps siring winners. The second horse was Royo, one of uh, Jeffrey Felix's mounts. He ran second for Bevan Johnson. Royo is by Golden Archer. And the third place got it was Rusty, trained by uh, William Nelvin, Bill Nelvin, Bill Nelvin, Nelvin, excuse me, tongue twisted. 
And uh, this is written by Damien Boulay, the uh, French apprentice jockey. I think he's with Michael Foster at the Gold Coast. So uh, it was a, a long way between first and third. Ruskie got beaten 7.75 lengths. But a good win to Boo in the opening race at, uh, at Gladstone. Now, the unusually named horse has got a little bit of a following up there because of his name, Bagger Twisties, by Bagger Bands in a twist contest. It won the second race, uh, Gemma Steele, trained by Angela Stevens, is having a good little winning trot at the moment. And uh, ridden by Gemma, second was Dwan Phoenix, Shannon Steffen, for the local trainer Dennis Schultz, and third celebrating. It should have won. Uh, ridden by Robbie Farrar, it uh, blew the start, got caught wide, uh, ran off on the home turn, and only got beaten half a length. So uh, in the near future, I think, celebrating will win. Um, this horse, a bag of twisties. The story there too, uh, Tony. John Stevens, uh, that's the wife of um, the trainer, Angela Stevens, who's Rockhampton's oldest jockey, and one of Rockhampton's only jockeys these days. Mm-hmm. Now, go back four or five months. Uh, he got seriously injured. They thought he would be fortunate to walk again, and he was in a, a body cast for quite some time. Now, I couldn't believe it at the track at Culligan Park yesterday. I uh, saw him ride a horse. The day I saw a horse, uh, he was working with someone else. This horse bucked going past the winning post on the sand track. What happened? John Stevens got off his mount, went over, jumped on the buck jumping one, and took it round. He is unbelievable. He's one of the toughest jockeys you've ever seen. Uh, John Stevens, so you take your hat off to him. <laughs> He's got no fear whatsoever. And a great Quite horseman fun. with it too. One of those old-style horsemen, isn't he? He is. He is. He comes from, uh, uh, I think his dad was Billy Stevens, a harness racing man, and uh, but John's as fit as a fiddler and a tough rooster. And yeah, that took us up to the third race at uh, Gladstone. This was the 50th uh, Julie Weimer birthday celebration uh, benchmark handicap. Won by Royal Sheen. We spoke briefly about it. Top echelon horse. I think it was only having it a second start for Billy Johnson out of a Murphy's Blue Boy mess. So that brings back some memories. Jeffrey Felix Road started good odds this horse. Five dollars. It looked the part, and it was just too good. It won by two lengths from a Wild Element, another one of Cherry Vicks, and ridden by uh, Robbie Father. Had no luck at all. And third was Tridacna, Shannon Stephan for Damien Rideout. But there's more wins coming up for a Royal Sheen. He's got a, a big team of owners in, in him as well. Uh, I think Vincent and Judy Athman are in there too. The Dysrid Syndicate, I haven't seen their name in a horse for a long, long time. Nugget Turnbull, off the back of them. So, uh, and uh, Chas Clifford, they'd all be very, very happy with that win. And there's more coming up for sure for Royal Sheen. We've spoken about American Genius and the, in the Open Handicap. That uh, took us to the, the last race. And this was won by um, Damien Boulay, the, the French apprentice jockey that I uh, told you about. This is the uh, Merry Christmas Benchmark 55 handicap. It was over 1,517 metres. Uh, our last penny, Bob Murray. Jack Murray was there. Great racing family from Emeralds. And it's saluted at uh, $3.80. Beat Aussie Tycoon, a local for Dennis Schultz and Gemma Steele. And third was Clusterfest, Shannon Steffen for uh, Lee Kernan. So that was the meeting from Gladstone. They don't race again now until um, Easter Saturday. So they've got a long break, but they do a very good job at Gladstone Turf Club. And I suppose everyone would be aware that uh, Calliope races on Boxing Day are off. They'll be uh, granted another date, I believe, uh, later in the year. There's a problem. I think the only problem was very, very wide out near the outside fence. Uh, I believe some sort of drain had broke and uh, it couldn't be repaired in time. They had inspections there yesterday. I know Alan Reardon came up from uh, Racing Queensland and the stewards up here and uh, they put the meeting off. So, uh, you know, just, apparently there's only a chance of one in a million of a horse getting right out there, but that can happen on the outside road. Right. So, uh, the life is off. 
Yeah, yeah, we saw that news come through uh, yesterday, I think it was, to say that the Boxing Day uh, annual meeting was going to be abandoned due to the state of the track. And with all of the wet weather that has been around, it's been very welcome around some of the country ridges. Um, but, you know, you never know, Tony, with these sort of things. This is how these sort of sinkholes can develop. Suddenly you get a little bit of unusual weather conditions, a bit of wet followed by a bit of heat baking it, and next thing you know, you've got a, a hole that you didn't even think existed. That's right, Tony. Yeah, but apparently the rest of the track is in, they say, the best order we've ever seen. It's got magnificent grass. This was just right out near the outside fence, but you can't take chances with lives. With that uh, abandonment of Boxing Day at Calliope, uh, Racing Queensland have added a couple of races to the New Year's Eve Day uh, program at Emeralds. Uh, then on tab program coming up Friday, December 31, there's going to be a 1,000-metre open plate and a 16-15 metre benchmark 55 uh, both worth $8,500. And I've got to say, say kudos to RQ as well. When we have had some of these cancellations and meetings having to be called off with whatever the reason has been, wet weather or, or track conditions or whatever, they've been very quick to try and add some additional races in. As we were talking with Paul Dolan before, they had uh, eight there at uh, at ESC on Saturday. So it's great to see that we're not losing that prize money to the country participants. I couldn't agree with you more, Tony. They've, uh, they've been really very proactive in, in recent times, uh, racing Queensland, so hats off to them and I'll... Uh, even wish them all a Merry Christmas. And to you and Jean as well, all of the best and compliments of the season and thank you for your help through 2021. We'll catch up in the new year. Looking forward to it, Tony, and happy and Merry Christmas to all your listeners and yourself. Getting back to the grassroots of racing, this is Bushbeat. Down the hill they come and they start to bunch up a little bit. Let's conquer in front, let's run away. Sogni in the middle and Sizzling Sun's down on the inside. Hyde Vice is looking for a way clear. Bowtie Betty and front page news to the outside. And Melachini's gone for the inside, but Let's Conquer's gone for home. Let's Conquer's 5-6 in front. Graceful's a ripper out of the pack running on. This is all over. And this is home. Let's Conquer is going to win by seven lengths. Graceful's a ripper second. Let's conquer home, all right. One by six and a quarter lengths at the end. And if you go back and have a look at the replay at the Racing Queensland non-tab replays page or through on the bit when they cover the races on the weekend, there's actually some cloud cover going overhead and there's a gap where the sun is shining almost like a spotlight following Let's Conquer halfway up the straight. It was quite amazing the way it all sort of timed in there, but a big, big win there in the last race at Atherton on Saturday. And to tell us more about that and the rest of the program is our Bushbeat North Queensland man, Peter Rowe. Morning, Pete. Morning, Tone. How are you? I'm well this morning. How are you going? Not too bad, not too bad. Counting down the days till Christmas. Yes, very much so. It's a wonderful time of year and hopefully everyone gets to enjoy some time with family and friends. But in the meantime, some of us have to keep on doing what we're doing and we want to talk about Let's Conquer on the weekend. That was a big win, six and a quarter lengths, and, and Rachel Shreb was able to get out in front and just stay in front. Yeah, it was a Christmas present come early for the Shred family. Rachel Rowe, Dad owns and He's a, he's a very, very nice horse, let's talk If you watch him in the yard, you pick him out on looks. He's, he's run some really good races in the north, but also thrown in a couple of shockers. But um, he's a really, really big horse. So I think when Rach got to the front and was able to dictate terms and he had nothing around him, it was always going to be hard to run down. And um, the winner did, six and a quarter lengths. And uh, the 123.46 doesn't look good on paper, but I can tell you for a benchmark 50 at Atherton over the 1400, that's pretty good time too. So... It was a really good win. Graceful's a ref on second. It's returned to form since joining the Freddie Whelan team. And high advice, he carried the 61 and a half and was really gallant first up over the 1400 for, for third. And that topped off a really, really good day's racing. And 
you know, the new um, implications came in with the COVID-19 double vaccinations, and I reckon that's the biggest crowd I've seen at Afford in all year. So I definitely didn't worry the Northern participants. That's excellent to hear because that was a little bit of a concern. We could hear the crowd there in the replay with Bluey Forsyth calling the race um, that it did sound like it was a massive crowd there. But that was a little bit of a concern going into the weekend. Being the first weekend of the double vaccination restrictions, you were a little bit worried that crowds might have been down. But that's fabulous to hear that Atherton came out in force. Yeah, absolutely. So there was tents all the way down the fence. Their Christmas party um, is always a big day. Uh, and I reckon it if I haven't spoken to the club, but I dare say it would have been as big as last year, if not bigger. Um, you had people lined up for 100 yards to get in after the first race still. So, um, no, fantastic days racing, great crowd. All the participants um, did did their part. and You know, I don't think there was any issues there. So, onwards and upwards. Lacey Morrison took riding on us for the day with a uh, winning double. Started off the day on the, the right note, uh, winning the first race on Super Dancer. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's becoming a regular lead. Lacey getting doubles and trebles. She's riding in impeccable form since coming back. And um, Super Dancer, it was a really good win. It, um, it started second favourite. The favourite was the uh, local Roller Beans. But um, Super Dancer had some good form last prep at the Provincials and had a, a layoff. I'm not sure if it was an injury enforced one or if it was just a chosen spell by Boots. But um, Lacey was confident. Normally she takes first pick on the Charlie Hoffman runners. So. When you see one of them in and Al Morrison not riding it, you obviously thought for sure that whatever she was riding was going to be a good chance, and it won quite convincingly. Um, Revolus was a much improved run. It's a very hot Philly Revolus and wasn't on its best behaviour, but it put in a much improved performance a second. And Northern Girl, another one who was very hot pre-race, did everything right in the run, and um, it ran a nice third, and there was a gap back to the fourth one. But Super Dancer, I think, bookmark it. I think there's more wins ahead of it moving forward. Tell us about Macedon Flyers win in the second. This is it's just a return return to racing for Dale Paradise that he would have dreamed of. He's only had, I think, four or five meetings. He's had two winners and a, a ton of placings. And um, Graham Cleesey and Daryl have had a winner at their last two meetings together. And it um, it was one of the class horses in the race. It had good form in higher grade leading into it. Um, they got there by three quarters of a length. Amelia's Rainbow was really impressive first up. She's a temperamental filly who runs a good race on her day. Um, and I thought first up it was hitting the line really hard, and Musical Girl, formerly with the Charlie Hoffman team, now with Alan Holmes, it was impressive over a much um, shorter distance than it prefers, but Macedon Fly, now that it's won a race, it wouldn't surprise me if it goes on and wins a couple more. Speaking of Charlie Hoffman, she combined with Lacey to win the third. Yeah, um, when when they're on fire, they're on fire, that team, and this horse, Charlie calls him Monstar, he's an absolute giant of a horse, and um, he's a, a very big, gentle giant, and I know he's one of Charlie's sentimental favourites. He he showed a, a lot of ability, injured himself, and Charlie's been very patient with him. And when you see the size of him to come back from injury and still be performing at his best, is a really good job from Charlie's done. And he got there right in the line. We'll speak of Achilles. He's got a good track and distance form. Um, I think he he won the Jimmy Cassidy right of the week, well, probably well, 12, 18 months ago, Braden swapped the road and come from last at Atherton. He was last at the 75 and gobbled him up. So you knew he was going to be right there in the finish. Um, he got there in the last bound, hit snooze. She was gallant. Jenna Edwards took the four kilos off, back in class for her. And her and Grazia ran along a merry dance out in the front and Akaleos had to sit on him and um, got there in the last bound, hit snooze. She's honest as they come, run second, only beaten point four and Grazia stepping up in grade for the first time, coming off a double, um, was was gallant, but was no match for Akaleos in the last couple of strides. 
Favourite back is very happy with uh, Ricky Ludwig and Frank Edwards with Magnate taking out the Class B 1200. Yeah, it's Frank that's winning Cairns, which is good. I run second to it in Cairns, so I'm hoping now that it's gone on and won another race, my bloke can come out and be hard to beat next week in Townsville. Um, but he started short price favourite, and although he only won by half a length, it was never in doubt, really. Um, he's two from two since joining the Ludwig team. Trained on course is always a big bonus, as we often say up at Atherton. Um, he got their first split was an improved run. She's a man that can run a, a good race on her day. She got right back and, and made a ton of ground, which was good to see. Um, and Bravio coming off good Townsville form. It was it was only a class B at Atherton, but I'll tell you what, it was probably one of the best class Bs you'll see in the north. You had horses like Magnate, Bravio, Fast Enough, Cohito hit one. Um, I don't know if it won the Great Northern in Townsville or was placed in the Great Northern in Townsville. Um, La Furio. So all of them have provincial form. So when you, you, the Noms come out and I thought, you know, we'll go to Atherton for an easier easier race. And the Noms come out and I was I looked at it and went, oh, wow, that's a really good class B. So it was a competitive race and um, things went a bit pear-shaped on the turn. One of the horses, Rebel Rain, went bush and took Aries and more and put it out of the race and it opened up on the fence for anything there really and yeah magnate had to sit on them and and with 60 and a half it's it was a pretty good win looking at what's coming up in the north over the coming weeks there's plenty of uh, tab programs for townsville uh, over the next couple of weeks peter but i see that uh, mariba have their traditional boxing day meeting coming up and the birkin race club at home hill race mid-january on uh, saturday january 15. yeah off to mariba boxing day it's always a good day once you get there. You, you feel like when you wake up Boxing Day after a big day Christmas Day, you think, oh, why did we do this? But you get up there and it turns out to be a fantastic meeting. So I was talking to Alex Mallock, the president, and he said they've got um, a lot of bookings, not as many as normal. He said, but we, that was only on Saturday. And he said, you know, normally they have the, the mad rush in the last week. So hopefully um, the crowd turns up on Boxing Day. I had a look at the early nom, the numbers of the noms and, there's quite a few in a couple of the races, still a couple of races with, with numbers down, but that'll all change before 11 o'clock today. So it should be good racing, good crowd. And Home Hill, they always put on a fantastic meeting. So I think we've got a, a good book of bush racing in the next four weeks and throwing a couple of provincials in there. So there's plenty of chances for the participants to try and get a bit of pocket money. Thank you for joining us this morning. Thank you so much for your help right through the year about bringing us up to speed with all of the news from the North. Uh, all the best for the Christmas season to you and yours, and we'll catch up in 2022. Yeah, right back at you, and uh, Merry Christmas to all the viewers, and hopefully we can give them some good news after, after the new year. Thanks to Peter Rowe, Paul Dolan and Tony McMahon for joining us on the show today. We're going to be back with you next week. We will be running Bushbeat all the way through the Christmas season. There's no rest for the wicked. And Rob and I must have been very, very, very bad in the previous life. But we'll certainly be back next week to tell you about what's happening on the weekend. And that is uh, the uh, Warwick Magic Millions Country Cup qualifier program. That's a full TAB card coming up on Sunday on Boxing Day. And as we've just mentioned there with Peter Rowe, Mariba are racing on Boxing Day as well. And that's off the back of today's meeting at Townsville, another of the Magic Millions Country Cup qualifiers on today at Cluden. Toowoomba Turf Club have their tab program coming up on Thursday. Looking ahead to uh, post-Christmas Day and Boxing Day, Townsville with a tab meeting on the 28th, Rockhampton tab program on the 30th, Emerald Jockey Club with their New Year's Eve program and then into the new year with the Lockyer Valley Turf Club racing at Gatton on New Year's Day as well as the Dawson Jockey Club at Taroom on New Year's Day. And it won't be long before we are at uh, the Gold Coast Turf Club for the Magic Millions Country Cup and that is coming up on the 8th of January. That's Bushbeat for another week on Radio Tab. Thank you for your company this morning. 
morning and thank you to all of our correspondents right throughout 2021. As I said, we will be back next week. But in the meantime, we wish you a safe, healthy and happy Christmas. And we'll catch you on the other side of the festive season.